0: Hello, listeners and followers of Ufahamu Africa and the Monkey Cage. Welcome to today's segment from the African Politics Summer Reading Spectacular, a series of new books that speak to politics in Africa. My name is Amita Mcleod, an anthropologist at Cornell University working with the Ufahamu Africa team. Don't forget, you can always read these reviews on the Monkey Cage's website. And for our green listeners... The Monkey Cage is a blog on everything politics and political science at The Washington Post. Thank you again for tuning in. Now, let's talk politics. Laura C. writes this week's review and she says, Negotiating Public Service in Congo, the book, is a smart and compelling read. When governments can't provide services, citizens will figure out how to keep essential systems running. In short, the citizens will find a way to finesse. What does it mean to govern a territory? When political scientists think about this question, they typically examine the relationship between citizens, those who govern them, also known as national leaders, and the institution of government. For instance, as an American citizen, I pay taxes. Those tax dollars pay government salaries from members of Congress to military personnel to the tax collectors. The taxes from my salaries help to run the military, keep the lights on at the White House, ensure that the food I buy for my family is thoroughly inspected, that the planes I fly on are safe and that the pilots are well trained. The taxes provide countless other public services. In this respect, my relationship to the government is symbiotic. I pay into the system and in return, I get benefits. Likewise, the government gets the benefits of my money and provides me with the service. But what happens when governments do not or cannot provide those services? In states like the Congo, taxation and service provision look quite different. The government is in most cases too underfunded to provide services and the vast majority of Congolese do not have the capacity to pay enough in income taxes to fully finance government bureaucracies. Yet still, Congo has public services. A variety of service providers, including churches, mosques, neighborhood association, and even armed groups, keep systems running or build them from scratch for the community's good. Oftentimes, they work with government officials, but in very different ways. How does this work and how did it come to be this way? This question preoccupies the authors who contributed to a thoughtful new compilation edited by Tom DeHert and Christoph Tideka titled Negotiating Public Services in the Congo, State, Society and Governance. These scholars consider what it looks like when organizations and people who are not the government what political scientists call non-state actors, provide services, collect fees for those services and keep essential systems like garbage collection, public transportation and electricity provision running. The central argument uniting all the chapters in this book is that public service provision in Congo is negotiated. This means that the people who provide services, like church leaders who staff and manage schools, teachers, the public education authorities who are supposed to regulate them, and the parents of students at the schools are in constant processes of bargaining over questions such as the cost of school fees or how many students will be in each classroom. Of course, the terms of the debate can change at any time. For example, teachers might demand more payment from parents before releasing grades and allowing children to advance to the next grade level, but ultimately, The negotiation process works. Children are educated. Those who teach them are paid, and administrators and public authorities get their salaries too. Because these negotiations happen in every area of public service provision, public authority in the Congo is highly fragmented. Dehurt and Titica borrow a term from Joel McDo to describe this state of affairs, calling it a web-like society. Individuals participate in multiple negotiated public service arrangements, building webs of connections, obligations, and relationships. This complicates regulation and means that laws, policies, and regulations are a mixture of formal and informal agreements. A law might say one thing, but real governance of people and their daily lives often can be a far cry from what is enshrined in these legal documents. Several case studies point to how this web of authority builds into ordinary citizens' lives. Of particular note to this are Jean Pierre Impiana Chitenge's exploration of public electricity service in Kinshasa, Randy Sojal's discussion of garbage collection and the lack thereof in Bukavu, and Albert Malukisa Nkuku and Titika's alarming look at public transportation in Kinshasa where citizens call minibus taxis the spirit of death. All these examples describe the ways that state employees, intermediaries and citizens work, in Chitenge's words, through arrangements, negotiations, understandings, cooperations and so on to ensure that people get the services they need. Formal laws are less important than ensuring that people have electricity, that waste is collected, and that people get from place to place. The book's analysis is not limited to urban spaces. Aima Nyenyenzi Bisoka and Clara Clayson conducted a fascinating study of how people secure land rights in eastern Congo's rural spaces. Likewise, Titica's examination of justice and conflict resolution in remote Ot-Ulele region of northeastern Congo is an absorbing look at the ways people try to get justice in places far away from federal authorities in Kinshasa. Negotiating public services in the Congo is a smart, compelling read and an excellent primer on the complications of understanding how governance works in weak states. It turns the idea that some places are without government on its head and points to the ways that careful research can yield insights that are quite valuable for policymakers, foreign aid organizations, and diplomatic activities. This book is also commendable for the strong representation of the work of Congolese scholars, a practice that should be the norm for books on African politics. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy this review and that you are now curious about alternative ways societies and nation states make things work with or without the government. Remember, you can access these reviews on the Monkey Cage's website. Do follow the Ufahamu podcast and the Monkey Cage on social media. And again, I am Amita Maklu. You have a spectacular rest of your day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Ufahamu Africa. You can find more episodes, show notes, and transcripts on our website, ufahamuafrica.com. This podcast is produced and managed by Megan DeMint, with help from production assistants Jack Kubanek, Chukufanaya Ikechuku, and Manuel Tavpet. Our non-resident podcast fellows are Chidu Nyaruwata, Wanjiku Nguki, Sama Fazi, Gretchen Walt, and Soinato Lebo. We are generously supported by the Carnegie Corporation of New York and receive research assistance from Cornell University and the University of California, Riverside. Our music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod. Until next week, safiri salama.